Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 59. All right, today's episode is sponsored by Ahead M100. So this is our group uh, money coaching program. And the basic premise is that if you're feeling behind, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like you just can't quite get your money working for you, we want to help you get ahead with your money in the next 100 days. So if you go to aheadin100.com, you can read all about it uh, and learn about basically three specific steps to actually getting ahead with your money. You can go through it with a set of students. We would love for you to join us. So if that sounds like something that uh, would be helpful for you, check it out, aheadin100.com. So this episode was inspired by you watching the Queen Pins movie trailer. Yeah, I thought it looked funny. So the, the movie is... You know, it's a movie, but it is based on a true story of these two women who essentially find themselves in a place where they're like, oh, you know, money's just tight and I need to find some ways to save some money. And so they start couponing and then it somehow spirals into them basically counterfeiting like thousands and thousands and thousands of coupons and then selling those coupons. And they're basically like drug lords, but with coupons <laughs> and uh, I don't know it looks pretty entertaining I thought it was pretty funny that it's inspired by a legitimate story yeah and it made me laugh thinking about you know certainly ways that I've tried to save money uh, over my life and, and sometimes the, well, the and goofy we, things we do we had our own couponing experience we for did. several years we did we got so. into the couponing game pretty I would say pretty hard harder than the average person so we're gonna dive a little bit all into that. Yeah. When we first sat down to script out this episode, Nick's like, okay, I've got all these ways that I made money as a kid and things that I did to save money as a kid. What are some things that you did before you met me? (laughs) (laughs) And there were crickets. Nothing. Literally nothing. Do you want to talk about how I spent money before <laughs> before I met you? Because I can talk about that. But um, I don't have any good stories to tell here, really, until we got married. Well, yeah, I don't know what it was. When I was a kid, even from a really young age, I think it was all the Monopoly I played, maybe. But yeah, I just got really into trying to find ways to make money. It's not like, well, and like on my side, I wasn't like rich or anything. It wasn't like I was spending crazy amounts of money. I just wasn't thinking, I just didn't think about money. Well, you were just like most, I think like most kids. And for me, I I always had this like um, deep desire to have, I think, like control or freedom uh, over my life. I don't know where that came from, but money was this tool that I felt like I could use to do that. And so it was like, if I could just get more of it, then I could use it to, you know, do what I wanted to, basically. Okay, so my money story that I'm going to throw in here that's totally not related is, I guess I was maybe, I was probably in the 10-ish year old range. And my dad had some business trips that were like consistent every year and that everybody brought their family to. And so one was a convention in... um Perdido Beach, like right outside of Orange Beach. So everybody stayed at the resort and they did all this fun stuff and they had all this stuff for kids going on during the day and everything. And it was like a blast. And one night they had like a big party thing 
and all the adults were there, but they let all the kids come to, and they were playing bingo. Okay. And I won bingo a hundred dollars. Wow. Except for three other people won too. So I only got $25, but I was still super pumped. Like I was like, yes, got my $25. So excited. Well, the hotel also had like a little game room thing with one of those claw hand machines oh, no. I see where, where this you is can going. try to, you know, win the stuffed animals. So as soon as I get my $25, I'm like, I know exactly <laughs> the wisest place to invest this. And it is most definitely that claw machine. And my dad, so like my dad, you know, walks me out of the game room or whatever. And I just keep playing that. And I remember, you know, I'd gotten, I'd probably played it 10 times. He's like, are you sure you want to spend all your money in the claw or machine? <laughs> I was like, yes, most definitely. <laughs> so my $25 did not last very long. Did you get anything no. out of the claw? Oh my gosh. Who gets anything out of this? <laughs> you, weird people like you who think about their money are the only people who can win in those and then you don't play them. So <laughs> That's how I win. I just go to the store and I buy the animal out of the claw machine. Where's the fun in that? It's so funny because our middle nephew like loves those machines. I'm he like, does. I so understand. I so understand. So, but yeah, so no, I was a normal child. You gave me $25. I spent $25 on a claw machine. I didn't think about how it could give my future life freedom. <laughs> I don't know that there's anything interesting to learn from my from my childhood other than I was always, you know, hustling trying to trying to make an extra buck here hustling. and there. Hustling on the the hard streets. Oh my gosh. No, uh I, I was. I was I was trying to come up with different things, but the reason I wanted to do this podcast was I thought it would be fun to tell two stories in particular that are just funny. And I look back now and I go, wow, that's goofy. Uh, so one, had we met when I started the pennies thing? Was that like right when we were hanging out? You had already started that by the time I met you. But you was were still, I still doing, doing it, it when okay. I met you. <laughs> and yes. We should, I don't actually, I don't know that I've ever asked you what you thought about when, when you heard that I was doing Oh, that. I was so delusionally in love with you. I was like, of course he's looking through trying to find pre-1972 pennies. That makes perfect sense. So like, for, for people... It's not weird at all that the walls <laughs> of his dorm are lined with pennies. <laughs> so for people listening, here's what, here's what happened. I found out from some friends that there's some history around um, quarters and nickels. And basically what happened is that a long, long, long time ago... Quarters and nickels in this country were made out of actual silver. And before the U.S. stopped making them out of silver, there was a point in time where the amount of silver in a quarter was worth more than 25 cents. It was worth more than the quarter itself. And there was a brief period in U.S. In US history where you could actually, um, when, they, when they kind of, you know, did away with this process— you could actually turn in coins and get basically the silver price. And so if you had amassed a ton of quarters made from silver, you could actually end up making a decent chunk of money. And there's a, a group of people online. There's probably people still doing this, hoping I stopped. But basically, they were starting to do this with pennies. So pennies, pre-1972, are majority copper. And the amount of copper in a pre-1972 penny is worth more than a single cent. So what I was doing is I was taking a $100 bill and I was getting out $100 of pennies. Then I would go back to my dorm room and I would spend hours looking one at a time at each penny 
at the date on the penny and sorting them pre-1972. It's amazing that you were even able to meet any women during this period. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling a little self-conscious about myself. But. <laughs> that we somehow met during this time. So the idea, right, is that eventually somewhere along the way, I could actually get away with melting these, right? That's the problem, is that it's illegal to deface U.S. currency. So you can't melt these things down legally. I'm surprised that you would even entertain this at all. Well, because when you read online and forums, there's a whole lot of people that fully wholeheartedly believe that there might be a copper shortage and that the U.S. will do away with this law so that oh, you can actually okay. melt these things down. Wow. So you're, it's gambling all, a lot there. yeah, you're gambling a lot. You're, it's all skepticism about the future of monetary policy in this country. All right. So I was trying to collect a ton of these things. And you can actually online on eBay, you can actually go buy pre-1972 pennies from people who've done this and they sell for more than the, the actual, you know, face value of the pennies. Right. Um, so if you were really bullish on the strategy, you could go do that. Anyways, there was a time in my life where I was spending weeks, months doing this, sorting pennies. Eventually, I realized, hey, look, the amount of time I'm spending on this thing for like totally a half-baked idea that's all contingent on the U.S. deciding that it's now okay for me to melt down pennies is not worth it. The return on investment here for time, not making a whole lot of sense. So I ended up taking all my pennies back, just putting in my checking account. I think I still have a bag somewhere, like maybe 100 pre-1972 pennies, mostly just uh, look back on that time in my life and laugh at myself in a way. Um <laughs> So that's would probably never laugh that's probably the goofiest <laughs> thing that I've done to uh, to try and save some money. Well, that set the stage perfectly for our couponing endeavors when we first got married. When we got engaged, we I went got to a, you went to a seminar. I went to a couponing seminar. I am not very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, it wasn't bad. But um, no, I remember they had this whole thing about like free stuff that you could get from CVS. And they were talking about how you can like get free photo books from CVS and blah, blah, blah. And you can do this and that and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I remember like after we stopped couponing, like thinking back on that seminar and going, I don't want a free photo book <laughs> from CVS. <laughs> like why did I spend an hour of my life learning CVS tips and tricks on coupons? Well, and to be fair, we did end up saving some money that first year of marriage. So we got engaged under the pretenses of like, hey. Oh, we were going to be tight. We, like, we can get married, but it's going to be tight. Yeah. Um, so I went to this whole coupon seminar and had a special binder and all the things. You got a dedicated email to sign up for coupon codes. We lived in Cleveland, Tennessee, and we drove to Chattanooga to pick up a... Uh, well, I guess to Ottawa to pick up. Oh, that was crazy. So there was coupons. this lady. There was this lady who. She went to Atlanta every, every morning, week. every Sunday, or not morning, every Sunday morning. She would take her. The, she had this huge massive like, trailer thing. USV or SUV with a trailer. Mm -hmm. She would drive to Atlanta because the Atlanta papers on has Sundays. Has better Sunday coupons has better than just coupons. your average Sunday And she paper. would load that trailer up with, I mean, a thousand, a tons of newspapers. And then like us and tons of other women would line up in the At Udawa the Publix, Publix parking, parking lot. lot to get our Sunday paper. But people would go like nuts. They'd buy like 20 Sunday papers or yep. whatever because then they could have, you know, 20 they stock whatever, up on all these items. Yeah. All these coupons. And so we did that for a while and it did help us save some money. But it was also like 
a lot of time. It was a ton of time. Invested in A, just going to pick up the coupons, but then like B, actually sifting through them and like using them and all that stuff. And so I think there's definitely like a time and a place for that. But that story, um, it definitely, it makes me think of like, our last episode and talking about unintended consequences. Yep. And I think that was the kind of eye opening piece for us after we did that for gosh, a couple of years, we, we were really, we were eating junk because yeah. most of the things that you can get coupons for are very processed. They have, they have food. some healthy stuff, but there's definitely a lot more processed and the coupon stuff yeah. is, we l- bought way more processed food when we were doing the couponing stuff. For sure. For um, sure. And anytime you're doing anything like that, it's like, okay, the time that I'm investing into this thing, could I be using that time another way that would actually make me more money than yes. I'm saving? Yep. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the interesting conversation that comes out of when you start talking about doing these crazy things to save money, like always making sure that you don't lose sight of the actual like reality of the situation. Yes. And, and I think like you would say that with your pennies, like you're never going to sit in a room for hours and analyze pennies now. No, You're like, no, I'll go do coaching calls or do whatever. Yeah. You have to have a good understanding. You know, this is sort of a, there's a, there's a saying in personal finance, you'll hear some people say where it's like, listen, if you can hire somebody to, you know, do a task, uh, and it's less than what you make on an hourly basis, then you should not do that task. You should hire them. Right. So if you can hire someone to mow your lawn, and that costs less than whatever you make on an hourly basis, you should not be mowing your own lawn. You should be hiring somebody to do it. And that's true, kind of. It's true if you're actually going to take the time that you would spend mowing the lawn to actually go make that hourly rate. Yeah. So, you know, you have to be kind of either in a consulting or freelance or business owner role normally or have access to lots of overtime at your job to be able to do that. For most people who work sort of um, a a normal fixed schedule of hours, that that calculation doesn't exactly make sense. Yeah, well, I also don't like that either because because it takes the mindfulness out of it a little bit to me. So I think like the better question is, oh, okay, it costs this much money for me to pay somebody to have my my yard mode. Like, is it worth it to me to take that to do off of my list? Like, does it weigh on me that much? Or is it one of those things that it actually doesn't bother me that much to get out and mow my, my yard. And I would rather be able to put that money towards this thing over here. But I think a lot of times we just rush into those decisions or use a binary rule like that. Like, Oh, if this, then that. And then we end up with a, with a life built around a lot of these things that we're doing on a regular basis, like automatically, and not thinking about it. Totally. And, you know, bringing it back to your point with the pennies thing, there is a time and a place for the, hey, is this the best use of your time? And I do think when you're trying to find ways to save money or make more money, you, you do want to ask that question of what's the highest and best use of my time? For most people, it's probably not speculating on copper pennies pre-1972. Well, even churning credit cards, like you yeah. got really into churning credit cards yeah. for a little while. Yep. And I mean, it was taking up a lot of brain space, but like also just taking up a lot of time for you to keep everything organized. And and, and there was a time in our life where we didn't make as much money and churning those credit cards was absolutely worth my time. But at some point... You always have to reassess. My, like, yeah, you just have to be able to reassess. Is it still worth my time yes. and energy? 
spent on this. You know, when I was doing those Target preloaded cards, I was having to drive to Target, load them up, do multiple transactions, then go drive to another Target to offload the card. I mean, it's you're driving all over town to get, you know, really what amounts to like 3% cash back on a few thousand dollars of manufactured spending. So, you know, I'm wasting money in gas, I'm wasting money in time. There were probably some times where, hey, maybe it was worth it, but you know, over time it, it stopped being worth it. Well, and again, if it's like your hobby sure. and you do it and you think it's fun to sift through pennies and you just want to do that, then that's, then different. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But it is just having that awareness to be like, am, okay, am I doing this because I'm enjoying it or am I doing this because I'm trying to make money with it? And if I'm trying to make money with it or save money or whatever, am I actually doing that enough to justify the time and energy that's going into it? That's right. Yeah. But we, we do want to make this episode not just, you know, us telling goofy stories. We really do want this to be somewhat practical. And if there's a takeaway from everything we've been discussing, it's that at the end of the day, there's only two ways that you can get ahead with your money, right? If you want to get better with money, there's two things you can do. You can either make more money or you can spend less money. Those are your only two levers that you can pull. Most people tend to focus, I think, too heavily on one or the other. People focus a ton on frugality and, you know, saving. They won't focus much on making more money. Other people focus so much on making more money, but they never get the spending in control that they just keep increasing their lifestyle to meet that new level of income. So it tends to work best if we can play with and control both levers. We work on spending a little bit less. We also work on making a little bit more. So if there's anything to take away from this episode, to me, it would just be like a a question to you or to try and inspire you to start thinking of creative ways that you can maybe do more of both of those things. What are some creative outside of the box ways that you can think about where you might be able to cut back and spend less, save some money, do some things that make your normal spending cost less and then what are some creative ways that you could start making a little bit money? Like I think one of the things that's not cool about our sort of Instagram influencer online business culture these days is that it starts to make everyone feel like they have to be like hashtag business owner, like I'm a full-time whatever, whatever. Like a lot of people get into that world and they think like, oh, I have to quit my job and go do this thing. And I don't think that's true. I think there's a lot of amazing things that you could do where you could start making 200, 500 bucks a month extra on the side. And if you did 500 extra bucks a month, like that's a lot, that's meaningful money to a lot of people, to most people that would make a big difference in their budget. And so if you can think through and find some creative ways to maybe just try and explore ways to make a little bit more ways to spend a little bit less, if you can do both of those things, you're going to be able to get ahead with your money so much faster and I found that a lot of people just never even really ask those questions. I think the other kind of interesting thing to think about here is we've been talking about 5 a.m. Joel all the time, but another one of his emails the other day, I think it was I think it was him. He said he was trying to think about how he could add some fun into whatever he had to do. So the example he gave was something like, I need to write two essays today Yep. and sitting down at my computer in like a quiet room by myself sounds like dreadful. So I'm going to get out and walk to a coffee shop and put on some music and 
right while I enjoy my favorite drink. I'm going to do, I'm going to, how can I do this the fun way? Um, and so I think like if you ask yourself that question, so, okay, the ways that I can improve with my money are to make more money and to spend less money. How can I do that in a fun way? So if you can make a game out of it with yourself to use coupons, to save money on your basic household items, maybe that's a fun way for you to save some money. Maybe it's not the most efficient way. Maybe it is. I don't know. But is it a fun way where you can kind of gamify it for yourself and totally. get into it? And the same thing with, you know, making money too. Totally. Our hope with you listening to this episode is if you're not asking those questions and thinking outside the box, just to start asking that question, like, huh, what are some some ways that I can maybe start, you know, to save a little money? I mean, to your point with the game, we literally just uh, did this a couple of weeks ago where we kind of started, we didn't like sit down and officially say this, but it had just been like seven or eight days since we'd been to the grocery store, which is pretty, <laughs> pretty not normal for us. Normally we go... Uh, once or twice a week and it had been like a little bit and I just made a comment about like I wonder how long we can go just kind of raiding the fridge you know and just kind of making these haphazard goofy meals full of random stuff to just make it last how long we go we went like what I don't know 15 or 16 days it was like almost a couple weeks weeks. yeah close to three weeks yeah without going to the grocery store and it did become a game I mean we were like I don't know what do you want for dinner Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was kind of fun and you know we saved some money for those few weeks and then obviously we went we went to the store and had to get a bunch of stuff but it was (laughs) it was fun for a couple of weeks to really try and see what we can do whereas most people it's very easy to get into the habit where you just go all the time and then you end up letting food rot and spoil and you have to throw it out and you waste money and well make it a game. I think in general too, anytime you do anything that kind of shakes up your normal a little bit, yeah, I think that's probably a good thing because it's like you, you've talked about it before, you know, almost 50% of our decisions are like made out of habit. We don't actually consciously think them through. And so I think anytime you can do something, even if it's little, like I'm going to, I'm going to shift my normal grocery routine around and, and wait two and a half weeks to go to the grocery store instead of going whenever we're out of every little thing. Yep. Um, it just gets your brain thinking about things that normally you don't think about. Yep. And so I think it can, it can lead you to, to reassessing like other things too. Totally agree. Yeah, we're, we're definitely big fans of, you know, playing games with your money and trying to find ways to cut back and make more. We, uh, we like doing that stuff. And you know what else we like? What do we like? Stuff we like. So this week, um, I wanted to share, it kind of goes along with today's theme, really, the Honey browser extension. And no, this isn't sponsored. I wish it was. Uh, I say that just because like Mr. Beast, the YouTuber, is like sponsored by Honey so often. But legitimately, uh, if you're not using Honey, you should check it out. Uh, We've been using it for, I don't know, probably most of this year. And if I go back and look, we've saved definitely a few hundred dollars Certainly it adds up on big purchases, like we just bought some new desk chairs uh, and and uh, desks for the office, and Honey was able to find uh, a coupon code that got us a $100 off, and then you also accumulate sort of cash back. Basically, it's a browser extension that scrapes the internet for any any kind of coupon code 
that works on the website you're currently on and it's free for you to use. And if it finds a coupon code that works, it will put it in for you. So there's no reason to not use this. It's been really, really helpful for us. We, like I said, started using it probably earlier in the year and uh, I'm a big fan. Do you have a do you have a summary for this yeah, random I, episode? I guess my so my first summary would be if you like this episode, you should email us and let us know. You know, we're constantly trying to try new stuff on the podcast. And if you like this kind of an episode, uh, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Send us an email. But to me, the main takeaway is, hey, look, there's two ways to get ahead with your money. Make more money, spend less money. That's what you got. So rather than just working our job and then buying the stuff that we think we have to have, why don't we try and start exercising some creativity, start thinking outside the box and try to start uh, finding little bitty fun ways that we can maybe spend a little bit less and make a little bit more. I think you'll be surprised at how, how far that can take you when you just open your mind to those possibilities. So as always, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, send me an email, nick at mappedoutmoney.com. We'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next week.